Welcome to the F5 podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Uvalde circumstance and what could have done, what could have been done to prevent that circumstance. Could have been family unit, education, what could have really uh, been implemented in order in society to prevent something like that occurring. For whatever reason, it's a societal kind of norm. We are far more obsessed with treating symptoms than underlying problems. Mm -hmm. right? And so our answer for everything seems to be control, 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 as if somehow that's going to deal with the real problems. No, that may mitigate, potentially mitigate symptoms, which arguably may make things worse because like we know in the body, if you treat symptoms of problems while ignoring the actual problem, the problem comes back viciously and way worse. And that's my concern with a lot of our, our policy making and a lot of the regulation we're trying to put in place. It's all about control and it's all about dealing with symptoms, not underlying problems. And there's messages here that we need to get a hold of. Like, you know, one of them is that we're, you know, we're saying, well, people with mental health issues shouldn't have guns. Well, let me help you. I think all humans have mental health issues, right? One way or the other. And to, to equate mental health with violence is also horrible for all the people who are struggling with mental health issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and that, that's a message that suddenly well, is coming back around mental illness. And, and it's like, I don't, I don't run into humans that don't have mental health issues. Yeah. Like it's like, what the fuck? Get out of here with your bullshit. Yeah. Um, and if some people will cite, you know, if we remove guns or there's more gun violence because there's more guns and, and any loss of life is, is horrific. Uh, and you know, some people will cite, you know, Australia, I think in 1996, bought, had a pretty successful program to buy back a lot of guns, and they have mm. limited the population of people who have guns, and gun violence has plummeted in Australia. And that's I don't a, understand the, the background check dispute. What is, what is that? Like, well, why, on, yeah, on the far right, I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't, why, get, I don't why, get this. Why can't we just do background checks? I don't get it. Yeah, I, that, that I don't get, yeah. other than I think potentially the... Uh, the extreme right somehow thinks that if we start to control, and you do have to do background checks, which is also interesting. Like I have many people in my family who are avid gun owners for hunting and, and sport. Um, and I think one of my brothers bought a, a gun for my youngest, my oldest son to practice with a, it was like a 22. And there was still like a, I can't remember if it was five days or 10 days before he could get the freaking gun. Mm. So I'm not exactly sure there is no now that was in California. Maybe it's that's not a maybe that's a state law, not I a federal law. Yeah, I think it's state law. Um, yeah, but I yeah I don't understand the opposition to background checks or just doing a little bit more due diligence. But here's my my piece on that: that isn't going to stop violence because violence has nothing to do with guns. Now guns make it easy for people to demonstrate violence. Right. But that's an innate part of human nature, and it's a cry for help. That's the difference between looking at it as a problem, looking at a symptom, right? So it's like, yeah, we could take away. And the other thing is, as, as many people have argued, and, and I'd love to hear somebody argue against this, criminals don't give a fuck about laws, yeah. right? It's not like, oh, yeah, we, we, we make it illegal for you to own a gun, and a criminal's like, oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. You've made it illegal, so I will no longer carry a gun. Like somebody who's angry enough to pop off at people isn't, doesn't right. give a fuck about yeah. this stuff. Yeah, I believe in people's rights to have uh, protect themselves. 100%. To bear arms. Well, there's lots uh, of societies where not like most of the Scandinavian countries, the the standing military is volunteer and they have fucking rifles in their closets. 
<laughs> like, why, why aren't we talking about that? And we're just like, wow, it's the societies with the, it's like, come on. Well, there's been many situations where, you know, a gunman was prevented or, uh, you know, pre- the, a, a gunman prevented another person that was going to, you know, do a, a mass shooting or whatever the case may be. So I think there's something to be said about that. I don't know enough about this uh, statistically um, to comment on it, but I do know that if there was a teacher there that had a gun and uh, that probably would have prevented the 18 year old that came into the we, building. So a single shooter who's, who was outside for a number of minutes. I've heard reports anywhere between 12 to 40 minutes before he went into the fucking building. Shot his grandmother crashed the car outside, made shots at people that were outside of the building on the yeah. other side of the school before going in. And, and the police surrounded, but did not move in while innocence. Like, I don't even understand that part. If my sons were in there, I don't care if I have a fucking rake. I'm, I'm coming in as fast as I can. Well, that, that just th- that shows me. So I, I see a lack of leadership, both with the, the police officers that were there and the, the, the head police officer or the, the head of police that spoke and, and did the press conference. So the head of police that spoke and did the press conference, first of all, he didn't know the complete details. So why are you holding a press conference? Right. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is he didn't really – he wasn't extreme like, – it didn't seem like he was being super empathetic towards, you know, the, the parents. And he also didn't take responsibility. Like if, if something's very clearly wrong in a situation, if you're a leader, you should come in, you should say, Hey, you know, we fucked up. Like, I don't know. Royally. I, I wish we didn't, I, I wish we didn't deal with it that way. Um, all we can do is, you know, help make it right with, with the families. I wish he would have said that instead of like, okay, here are the facts. Um, he got the facts wrong. And then he goes, you know, it's it's a terrible situation, blah, blah, blah. I didn't seem very empathetic. Um, and then he didn't really take responsibility. It was like, hey, you know, our, our, our police officers were brave or whatever the case, like whatever justification he was making. And that that showed, okay, on, at the very top, there's a lack of leadership. And if you, you don't have a leadership a leader at the top, you can't develop other leaders at the bottom. And so that's what, what I think happened is that there's a lack of leadership at the top. The, the people at the bottom weren't leaders themselves, so they're not going to go, you know, fuck this, I'm going in. Right. I just need we just need one person to, to go. You know, I'm not going to obey orders. You can fire me if you want. I'm going in. I'm going to save these children. Yeah. Eight, and then 18 year old kid is not a highly trained warrior. He's an angry little boy who's played COD for too long and is trying to express himself in violence like a trained soldier or a trained somebody who knows what they're doing. I mean, you're still putting your life at risk. Yeah. But single shooter. It's like, come on. To be fair, we don't know the, all, the, all the facts. That's like, true we don't too. know everything that was entailed. Yep. We didn't know if there was just like one entryway and then he was like holding his gun right in that entryway. We don't know that. Um, so obviously everybody's making like a judgment. like he barricaded himself in one particular but, fourth grade classroom. And I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, I want to get all the facts before we start really creating judgment around what happened here. But there was a child who reported, I think it was a, a daughter who reported that classmates that police were coming into the building Mm. and yelling if you need help yell help and as they were yelling help they were alerting the fucking gunmen to where they were and they were getting shot i'm like is that protocol like what you have an active shooter and you're like i was just baffled by this like are these this guy's like small town very like they were they were more concerned with their own lives not trained like that's what's hard to say too because like yeah the media is showing us one thing right and it's easy to make our judgments on like you know the police force really dropped the ball with this but it could very well be small town texas and they're not very well trained and i, I don't know there's just 
you don't know exactly when they got on the scene or what they knew about beforehand. And there's plenty of information that was both, it seems like provided online and through like one-on-one text messages or DMs with people in the days leading up to the incident. That that it's like, how, how is our technology so advanced that we wouldn't be able to catch something like that? You know, but well, you're in small town Texas. What do you do? And it's it's hard, right? Because people say lots of dumb things online, mm-hmm. and it's hard to you know. The FBI, the FBI did get a tip. They said they had a tip. I think five days before. I don't know exact time, but they had a tip prior to this. I think it was two to, two to five days before this happened. They just didn't follow up on it. Um, but it's again, these are all these are all elements of control, and certainly we need a certain amount of control to mitigate against violence. But we need to start addressing the underlying issues. Like, why is this happening? Because guns aren't new in our system. Now, to be fair, one could say, well, there's a minute of, of karmic process here. Gun violence, like in the West, you know, 100 years ago, everything was solved with guns, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you dueled for the, to death. You, you, you show superiority in the West was who could shoot faster, right? So maybe there's still some a karmic process in getting rid of gun violence in our society because, in many ways, the West was won with guns. Mm. Right. So I don't I, I don't know. Well, that's an interesting thing. But my, my issue is like we got to start addressing the underlying issues. Like, why is this happening? Why are people deciding to express themselves this way in our society? Like, that when to me is the bigger issue. History. It seemed like both of his parents didn't have anything to do with him. His mom maybe had like mental health issues or struggled with drug abuse and had kicked him out of the house and he lived with his grandma who wasn't happy with him and he wasn't very well liked in school kind of kept to himself was very awkward but then also like there's different reports of like he was bullied but then there's other reports of no he wasn't Mm. bullied he was the bully so this is just I, i mean it comes down to like parenting you know and providing resources for someone that is struggling or you know, just being a kind person to, you know, see the the guy that's sitting awkwardly in the classroom and try to, yeah. you know, become his friend or or yeah. help him in some way. I don't know. And and then to your point, how does an eighteen year old kid get his hands on a gun like that? That's what I also want to know. Why any civilian has access to assault rifles? Well, it's, yeah, it's I, I hear your sentiment. I don't have an issue with civilians having weapons, but I do have an issue with an 18-year-old kid who has not been trained, who hasn't gone through some kind of uh, mental fitness test. Like, we do that in the military. Mm -hmm. Before you're given a weapon or you're allowed to continue to use a weapon, you go through mental fitness tests to make sure you can... can. And so I don't, to your point, I don't get... I guess I can try to argue for the far right's perspective on this, I don't get what they're so afraid of other than it's an element of control and suddenly now somebody else gets to decide whether or not I get a gun. And I could see that being manipulated where if it's – because mental health is is somewhat of a subjective perception, right? And so perhaps maybe they're saying, well, There's if it's – a small subset of the population where it's not subjective, but – Right. Yeah. 100%. Very small I agree. Subset, like maybe 1%, 2%. Is less subjective. Um, but for the most part, it's like yeah. if the person who's evaluating you just thinks, mm, I don't know, you know, I, and I know that's more than that. I'm not trying to downplay the role of a psychologist to be able to, to ascertain these things. But maybe that's the, the part that there's enough subjectivity that they're afraid that that now becomes a, a way to weaponize control, where it's like people who want weapons can't get them because they're, they're upset. 
I can um, see that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. But that. I still like the risk to reward at this point in our culture. It's like, uh, yeah, we may want to really think. And like, listen, this is coming from somebody who grew up around guns. Uh, my family hunted uh, for food. Um, you know, I like I grew up in a military family. And I don't have a personal issue with guns, but I think it is wild that an 18-year-old kid had access to that kind of weapon unchecked, unchecked and, and nobody did anything. Well, let's like diagnose the root cause because, you know, how can we prevent this more, right? So it, I think this comes down to an all-encompassing phrase is hurt people hurt people. Yep. And so what's, what's the root cause of that? Um, family issues bullying in school i don't know the exact facts but glorifying violence which our society is all about <laughs> glorifying violence um so what led him to what was the impetus behind him going to the school um we have to find that out and um you know somehow prevent that more of that happening um we probably felt like he mattered suddenly right that going back to six human needs psychology i bet he's a desperate yeah a different a, a desperate need to feel significant like he mattered and in that moment he felt significant i think a power in his hands which is a, a tragedy on so many levels but again that's you're right like what are the underlying problems that are creating these kinds of situations where an 18 year old kid thinks the best way to express himself is by killing other people like that breaks my heart on so many levels. And then we, it's so like, we come up with these highly emotional, and I get it when things like this happen, our emotions like flare and we just want answers and we want solutions, whether or not yeah. they're good solutions. My, we're just like, we want solutions. My frustration and anger is not directed towards the 18 year old because there's probably some type of underlying mental issue or, you know, hurt people, hurt people. My frustration and anger is directed to the leadership of the police. That's where my like anger uh, is directed to. Uh, and I feel like if, if at the top, he, the, if at the top they were developing leaders, people that made decisions I mean, that were- That's the, a solid point. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think it would have played out differently. If it, so- It's hard to say, right? And we don't have all the facts yet, but something definitely seems like- No, something seems off. The way off. Is like, off. And, yeah. like I've heard reports that he was outside for almost an hour. Like, I don't know. Again, we, once we get all the details, maybe it'll get clear in understanding what happened. But the fact that the police surrounded but did not go in with an active shooter with innocent children yeah. is like, <clears throat> okay. what in the f what is going on here? So so I had a, a story in high school. So I joined the basketball team like my uncle. He's a sports psychologist, studied at USC. And he was like, you need to play basketball. It's like going to help you in a lot of different ways. And I played basketball and I was really out of shape. Like in high school, it was like junior year. And. uh what I noticed is um, I just wasn't, I wasn't caught up. Like, so the, the varsity team, they had practice all through summer. So they were like extremely in shape. They were like running, like we did um, suicides and they would do like 10, no problem whatsoever. And after like the third suicide, I would start like huffing and puffing and I would be like, oh shit, I can't, like, this is hard. And I was holding the team back. So what they could have reacted two different ways, right? This is at Servite High School. So they could have said, they could have been like, you yeah, know, this guy is like, he's like super slow. You know, he's like, he's not running as fast. They could have reacted that way. Or, or they could have reacted the way they did react, which was the, the leader of the, of the squad ran with me. Yeah. 
ran with me yep. and was like, we got this, let's make this happen. So that type of leadership needs to be involved, especially in the police, um, because that's what they're doing that for the community. And so the least of us should be helped the most. And that person should be brought up and that person can be po possibly be the best leader in the organization. But lack of leadership is what I see as a problem. And that seems to like, be a problem in society in general right now. Um, but I hear everybody you. wants to follow the crowd. Everybody wants to be the cool kid. Everybody wants to have like bling on the wrists. <laughs> they they want to they want to buy like fancy cars, you know, nice house that they can't pay the mortgage on. Uh, just just to look cool instead of yeah. like, why are we making like to Gary V, right? Like, why aren't we making helping the least of us the cool thing, help being nice to people the cool thing? Um, and I, I'm not perfect myself. Like I've I've been aggressive and I've been not the nicest person sometimes. But like I see that now as I'm maturing as the cool thing, like be nice to people, be like treat people well. If there's a situation where you could easily, you could easily like put somebody down because they're giving you, they're frustrating you. Yeah. Instead of in that moment being frustrated and lashing out, maybe you could like be nicer. Yeah. Lead with kindness. And I'm not perfect. Lead with I'm not. I'm, I'm like I'm not the example of this because I'm like I've been mean in multiple situations, but like why can't we? Why aren't we making that cool? Instead, we have to get some type of significance from external factors. And then I think that's probably what led. He's seeing all this social media stuff. Everybody's so significant. Everybody's rich. Everybody's beautiful online. That's probably what he's thinking is like, I need significance for myself. And I think there needs to be more leadership. And I think that's where Gary Vee comes in. I think he's probably saved a lot of a lot of people. I think that he also, I don't know if it was because of failing grades or just because of missed time, but he wasn't going to be able to graduate high school either. So then it got to a point where he was just like not coming to class and then uh, I don't know if like officially dropped out, but hmm. he wasn't um, like the the frustrating thing is like the, there were signs that were there yeah. ahead of time, but I wonder how often those signs in his life to care about him or the people that were in, in place like at the school or in the community. Like I don't know how much that they didn't know or like weren't aware of to be able to help. I, yeah. I think with these kinds of issues in general, but these kinds of issues, for those who are listening, I think it's really important to learn how to keep your emotions in check and seek to understand so that we can we can get to the bottom of the real issues because it's, it's really easy, especially in these scenarios, to go deeply into the blame game. And you're seeing this yeah. all over the media right now. Yeah. Everybody's blaming each other. You know, it's the right's fault because, you know, they care about guns more than people. Um, you know, it's the police's fault. And, and there's, we need to understand what elements played into this so that we can get better at preventing these issues. But that also means not looking at what we think is the quick fix, right? Like, and, and really looking, what are the real deep issues that are creating these, these things in our society, right? And so, and, and so we have to kind of step back from judgment, step back from our, our hyped up emotions, which again, very easy to do in a scenario like this, but then start to take and ask deep questions like, why is this happening? Not trying to treat the symptoms, not trying to control people to make it stop because history is not on your side if you think controlling people is the way to prevent this kind of stuff. It may slow it down to some degree, but if we don't deal with the underlying issues, you're gonna have bigger problems and it's gonna amplify. 
And there are more ways to kill each other than with guns, and history is on the side of that as well. And, I, and we had a mass shooting a few years ago, and I was just coming back from, from Germany, and it was really ironic. My friend in Germany was saying, oh, we don't have that issue here. And it was like, okay, we were talking about why that is. Well, literally the day we talked about this, a dude walked onto a fucking train with an axe and just oh. started axing people to death. Jeez. And it was like, wow, that is a beautiful illustration of this exact point, right? It's like, what are you gonna do? Take away anything that you could kill somebody with? Like, no, we gotta start dealing with the underlying problems. Now, now that isn't to say we can also make it harder for people to do it, right? It is easier to kill a lot of people with a semi-automatic rifle than it is with a musket, right? Which for those who don't know, musket is you know, load once with black powder and it takes a while. Um, so there is something to be said about that and being intelligent. I don't think there's just one piece to this, but we need to look at it holistically. Um, and, and I think there is going to be legislation that's going to get passed that's going to... So so help. let's put, we play this scenario. Let's yeah. say we're all cops, right? We're part of this organization or this uh, Uvalde Police Department, okay? We get a call, distress call. Hey, there's somebody at the school. Um, they've entered the school and they're starting to... They have, the, they have an assault rifle, okay? You enter. Um, we're all there. We see the parents that are distressed. Um, we say, hey guys, calm down. Um, we get a call from Isaac, who's the department leader, and says, hey, you need to just secure the perimeter, don't go inside the building. Parents are saying, we need to go inside the building, like our, our kids are in, inside. What is the decision that's made? It, without more facts, without more details, well, what, what do we do? I understand like, the aspect of keeping the parents out. Like, mm -hmm. Not that that's necessarily good or bad, but as a police force that is trying to minimize the casualties. issues, yeah. the casualties. If you have no. more untrained people that are coming in, I get as a parent that you completely disagree with this, but you also yeah. have different training whenever it comes to guns and things like that. And you can't necessarily assess that on hand with people that are highly emotional. 100%. And just trying to yeah. rush uh, in. From, a, from an objective standpoint, I agree with you. Keeping more people out of the situation that could make it worse is the best move. But there are many other moves so let, let's say let's say we're there and then uh we hear gunshots um and we hear screams right like what the leader and, says send somebody in but and, yeah and i don't know what they yeah, were I, I we don't know that, all yeah. the details so it's it's hard to surmise but it's also possible that there is a a protocol in place for these that they were following for instance i know most schools now have a lockdown protocol where all the rooms get locked down, they barricade themselves in there, and like it's tragic that our kids even have to think that way. And I don't know if that was followed here. I don't know. Again, we don't know all the details. But if that is a training and that is the protocol, they're like, well, they're locked in their rooms. We're trying to isolate and figure out where the shooter is before we run in there yeah. and there's more life. But if I'm hearing somebody, and again, we don't know all of this, but if I'm hearing somebody pop off like in a classroom or they're in the school and they're shooting, you got to think they're shooting at somebody if we're just sitting there, like that doesn't make sense to me. And again, we don't, don't know get, what happened. There were 21 people killed and then 19 more injured. Wow. So how do you, how do you let somebody, I'm assuming these were all shots, but shoot 40 people before you take action? Yeah, there was like, like an hour. And I don't know. I don't, that's the part I don't, I don't. And it's a, it's a tough situation to judge. Cause like you're right. in a situation you're like, what do I do? I don't know. Like they're probably very confused. Um, but I think that maybe I'm analyzing this a little bit too much, but I think I'm thinking of this, uh, Jordan Peterson example 
of organizations where you like in the beginning of an entrepreneurial journey, you're hiring mainly creative people, people that are like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do what it takes. We're going to figure things out. And those are the people you're hiring initially. But as you grow, you have to hire kind of people that are more stringent with regards to rules, stringent with regards to management, stringent with regards to like protocols and things like that. And he said that you, you need, you need the creative people to get to the point where you get the, the stringent, like organized people that just follow protocol. But at the, at some point, if you have too many of the, like the, the, these guys that are just organized, the company is going to fail because you have no, you can't adapt to the current, you know, economic situation or the current markets. There's a great book on this written, I think in the eighties called from barbarians to bureaucrats. And yeah. it's the progression gonna, of societies, gonna, yeah. companies. And yeah, exactly. It's like, so what, what my, my, I think what happened was there was too many of these organizational, you know, people within the department where they were like, Oh, we need to follow protocol. There weren't, there weren't enough like creative people to go, like there weren't enough mollies. There weren't enough like cats to go. I'm going to fuck, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go in and we're going to figure out a way to save these children. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think in time we'll get to know what actually happened there. If they were following a protocol, the Population protocol just 15, failed. in Uvalde, just FYI. So that's not tiny by not my standards. Tiny, I grew up in a small town. Big but by any means but here's either. another example, and we didn't we didn't talk about this, but it was what a week and a half ago that there was a, a shooter in Laguna Hills Church right down the road from my house. And the only reason he started popping off in the middle of the congregation and the only reason he didn't kill more people is because people acted. He got tackled and pinned to the ground. And I don't remember exactly how, what the outcome was there, but he was prevented because people took action. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that's interesting to me. I don't, I don't know why there was an action there, but then what sucks is then the call to action is, well, let's just, you know, prevent this by taking away guns, right? As if that's going to, a deal with the underlying I just issue. don't understand like how anyone like actually thinks that that's the solution I because don't again, <clears throat> the criminals the people that want to go and shoot people up are gonna get their hands on guns regardless yeah and I, I don't but would he be able to would that would it would it like a strong uh, protocol or for like background checks would that have prevented this 18 year old from may but, not be but, able to as quickly. Well, in background checks, I don't think that that would have done anything for him because well, there's nothing that would have come up yeah. on his background. This but. is why this is a tricky issue because I think it is important that we do a better job of making sh sure that people aren't getting um, weapons uh, that shouldn't be getting them. Right? Like I'm yeah, not. And I, I agree with that too. An 18-year-old kid, like I think if you're gonna if you're gonna carry a a rifle, semi-automatic rifle that can be converted to an automatic rifle. And AR is, AR, by the way, does not stand for assault rifle. That would be a, a COD reference. And a lot of people, th I'm like blown away by how many people, um, it has to do <laughs> with the manufacturer. It's aglomite, <laughs> angromite, somebody would correct me, but it's the, it's the name of the manufacturer of the rifle. And it is not military grade. Um, it is a, a semi-automatic weapon that looks like a military weapon, which is why it looks scary, but it's hunting rifles they have semi-automatic weapons, semi-automatic hunting rifles too, not with a 30 mag, 30 round magazine typically, but um, it just looks scary. And you can 65 rounds at the same time as purchasing these two weapons. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to go target shooting, we'd, we'd buy that kind of, but that's a lot. Anyway, so 
it, it, I, I think there is preventative measures that need to be taken, but my concern is that we're going to spend all of this time trying to control people and fully not acknowledge that there is an underlying issue that is not getting addressed. As if to believe that if we, even if we successfully took away everybody's guns, as if that actually deals with the underlying issue. Like that's what is like, how the, are we really this stupid? And I get why that happens. It's because all of our energy is going into the quick fix that makes us feel justified that we responded in a way that dealt with the issue. But here's another example of this. 9-11, 2001 was a horrific event in our society, one of the worst. And if you were alive during that time, there is no doubt you remember that moment. Mm -hmm. What is scarier, though, is how quickly we were willing to give up a fuck ton of our personal freedoms in the name of perceived security right, right after that. If you read what the Patriot Act was, it was like it passed with overwhelming approval. It's like that's what happens when you allow fear to mitigate reason. And then you come up with a, you have much bigger issues. And that's what I'm concerned about in our society. Fear is ruling so much of our decision making. And we're so emotional that we're. We're, we're not, we don't realize that we're creating bigger systemic issues and we're not addressing the underlying issue. So anyway, I think it is important, uh, that being said, on both sides, I think it is important that we do a better job of controlling who is getting weapons. And I don't quite understand why the, those on the far right have such a hard time with that. Um, but to think that because we control weapons, it's gonna stop this from happening, it may slow it down, but if we don't deal with the underlying issues, the actual problems, this isn't going anywhere. And that's where we need to be doubling down as a society, I think. Yeah. But it's a, I think it's an and, not an what's or. What's the one thing that solves for everything else? Right, exactly. What, what is it? What that's is a fair that? question. Well, uh, to me, it, it's figuring out why people are behaving this way. And now some might make a lazy argument or an easy argument, say it's, it's human nature or humans have been doing this for as long as they've been around. Okay. But there does seem to be an increase in gun violence over the last 20 years. And let me help you. There isn't more guns in America than there was 50 years ago or 100 years ago, which is also a really funny thing. Like, it's not like there's, there's an increase? increase of gun violence in the last 20 years. Yes. Mass shootings. There is statistically. I, I think it probably probably has to do with the breakdown in the family unit. A hundred percent. Yeah. Or yeah. And, and so we don't Families like these. Are... We don't like these discussions because then it, it pushes accountability somewhere else that there is a whole group of people that don't want to hear. Right. Attack on the family unit. Uh, there, we have a. a more meaningless meaninglessness in our society because we mm -hmm. don't religion is, is is falling apart right and you'll see all the religious people go well, it's because we don't honor god and, and that turns a lot of people off but there is truth to when you start creating a meaningless world yeah right then none of this matters right and that's that's there's there's an aspect of this, right? So there, you could, but that starts to get messy and somewhat subjective. So hey, well, let's not even entertain these things. Let's just try to control people. Huh? Yes, that'll work. Yeah. I I don't know. I think that like the, the divorce rate's high right now. Um, it's actually come people, down a little bit. Is it? Yeah. Okay. How about drug use? You know, like this was something that we drug were use. just talking about. Um, well, with like fentanyl. And yeah. that killing more people than COVID has, yet there right. isn't this is, this the is, same this is, kind of... This is what my frame in the beginning was. It's like, we really pick our spots here, don't mm -hmm. we, as humans? Like, what gets us all emotionally riled? The leading cause of death right now in the United States, ages 18 to 45, is fucking fentanyl overdose. Is it opioid? Yeah. yeah. Hello. Hey, if we're really all about life right now, why, aren't, why isn't there more public outcry about that? 
Like this is the stuff that I'm just like, humans are fascinating to me and how they show up and what gets them all riled. It's like, where, where are the smart people? Yeah. Opioid epidemic is huge. Uh, it's a huge problem. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every way you look at it, like at some level, it still comes down to control, in which case, like, it's not something that you can just slap a sticker on and it's well, one we, size fits Yeah, we all, want, we want our easy like, answers, don't we? We'll just control people into being better people. Yeah, that historically yeah. works out really well. <laughs> well, yeah. where's where, where there a place that doesn't have a lot of mass shootings? Um, There's a lot of places, and usually it's because they don't have guns. Say, I think. No, there, there is an absolute truth. The more guns you have in the society, the more likely people are to die from guns. Yeah. Right? Now, I, that's a so misleading England, stat. And Australia I just saw doesn't have a, a very, lot of mass shootings, right? Australia. No, but they get clubbed to death, and there's other kinds of death. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you know, yeah, Australia probably, had a yeah. precipitous decline in mass shootings um, right. after taking. Uh, they had a gun buyback program that worked really well. Um, so you, there are arguments for you see in society, but then there are societies that are well armed that don't have gun violence, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, let's look at that. Well, what what are the what are the differences? Yeah, that's what's fascinating to me. It's like, like, why aren't we, why aren't we acknowledging these things? I really think it comes down to family. I, I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, but I, I really think like, any, well, any, any person that you that you see that has kind of these issues has a lot of family issues. And I know just being part of a broken home myself, like it does cause a lot of issues, emotional trauma. I, like, well, you could take a step back, just go a little bit further with that. Mentally healthy people who feel loved and part of community and feel like their life yes. matters, yeah. don't right. do these sorts of things. Yes. So if we're gonna spend hundreds of billions of dollars and if we're gonna create an insane amount of energy around this, let's focus on the thing that folks, that fixes the most other things. Right. Right. That's it. Create an environment where people are mentally healthy. They feel like they matter. Education. Yeah, yeah education. Teach people how to think, not what to think. We are I don't all mean about like traditional what med- to think. Education, I mean like, yeah. 